0: Welcome to Export Stories, a podcast featuring first-person insights from the wide and sometimes crazy world of U.S. exporting. Your host for Export Stories is Betsy Olam, president of Olam International, a U.S.-based export management company. Betsy has made a 37-year career of developing global sales and distribution for U.S. companies. Like you, she loves great stories. You don't have to be an exporter to enjoy the stories we're going to share with you each month. We're so glad you've joined us. Now, here is Betsy to introduce today's podcast.
1: Hello, bonjour, hola, konnichiwa, Nihau, hao, marha ben, and shalom. Welcome to Export Stories. I'm your host, Betsy Olam, and we're back. Yes, we took a break for several months, and I've missed you all very much. But, you know, I think now more than ever, We need to discuss what's happening in the world and share some stories. Fortunately, my guests today agree with me. So thank you for joining us and listening. I am so delighted to welcome Sam Desai of RM Metals in New Jersey and his brothers Chate. Hi, Sam and Chate. welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi, Betsy, how are you? Thanks for inviting us to uh, talk about, you know, the world in general and what we're doing.
1: Absolutely, this is, this is really great that you're, you're here. And uh, first of all, how are you all holding up during this pandemic? How's it going? Uh,
2: for me, I'm in New Jersey, and this is one of the hard spots that I've been hit. It's been rough uh, in nine to 10 weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, we are still not used to it. It's a little scary out there.
1: It is scary. I agree. Uh, it's starting to hit the heartland where I live in Tennessee. And, uh, yeah, you, the, the problem is you just don't know. And so you stay home <laughs> most of the time. Yes. Kate, are you also in New Jersey?
3: Yes, I'm also in New Jersey and uh, we are having the same issue as, as Sam described, where uh, it, when, it, when it first hit, everything was in confusion. Do we stay home? Do we, uh, you know, still come to the office with a mask? Or, you know, all the policies, everything has changed to a whole new lifestyle, which I think uh, will probably last for a long time if not for the rest of our lives, where you're wearing masks everywhere and uh, working with a combination of from home and office. Uh, working six feet apart rather than in small cubicles. Uh, so I think this, everything has changed completely and for the long run now.
1: Absolutely. So do both of you come into the office most days or do you work out of home some? How's that working?
3: So um, I I come to the office off and on just to kind of check up and uh, and have meetings with Sam and you know have discussions and just kind of see what's going on. And, um, also work from home um the benefit for our business uh for a lot of work that i do is um you can work remotely easily um so you're doing a lot of stuff from your phone your laptops and you know we're we're working with an international market so uh we're working all the time anyway uh you know you, you get customers who uh when you're waking up they're going to sleep and then uh, they're waking up when you're trying to go to sleep so it's a whole different uh way of trying to, uh, do work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam, first, why don't you, let's, we're going to do this a little backwards from what I originally thought. Why don't you introduce who who you and Chate are and your company, just a little bit of background about the business. Then I want to go back to your backgrounds and just know a little bit about you, but first tell us about what the two of you do and what is RM Metals.
2: Uh, RM Metals is a uh, training company, uh, and we deal mainly with uh, metal items. Stainless steel is our main item that we deal with. We've been in business since uh, 1986, so it's 30-plus years. Uh, It's a family-owned company uh, started by uh, my uh, father, Mukesh Desai, and my mom, uh, Rashmi Desai. Uh, It's been a, a long journey. And I have seen them you know, work hard over the years to get to where we are today. Uh, we have, we are, uh, Now we're in New Jersey. We used to be in New York City. And we sell the stainless to basically almost all around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I've, been, uh, I've been doing this with, with our company since 19, uh, 2000, actually.
1: You didn't start out as planning on being in the metal business, isn't that right?
2: Yeah, so, you know, a safe, safe work was to go into healthcare back in college and high school. Healthcare was, you know, always a safe place to be. And that's what I ended up doing. I went to uh, the University of Sciences in Philadelphia, got my uh, bachelor's and then my doctorate in pharmacy. So that was a long journey. It was a, a lot of hard work. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think that that background has basically helped me uh, understand ideas and concepts faster because of of how tough the school was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And Chay, what about you? Did you always plan on going into the business or did you try something else first?
3: So my journey is a little bit uh, more unique, I guess is the right word. Uh, I went to undergrad, uh, expecting to be a physician, actually go to medical school. So as uh, just like, uh, Sam, it's like the safe, uh, field where you have a good steady income and you, uh, you know, you're continuing That's just like any, uh, homes, your parents are really pushing you to have a safe, steady income, uh, job. Uh, and then, uh, I actually ended up going to medical school. And finished that, and uh, I'm actually a certified uh, emergency medicine physician, board certified. Uh, And I do pick up shifts still, actually, as well. So I work clinically as well, and um, I also work with the family business. I joined after all my training and everything was done, and then I ventured into the family business to see if I would fit in, because it was always interesting. I always liked the business concepts, uh, uh, and it seems to... I've piqued my interest more, so I stayed on there as well. I kind of work uh, uh, on my off times uh, from the hospital. I work there, and uh, it seems to work pretty well because uh, I have a good support staff as well for the, the stuff that I do because Sam's always there. He's full-time, so he's always kind of backs me up if, you know, something's going on and I'm not available to be reached. Well,
1: that's amazing. I wouldn't have- I wouldn't have expected you to say emergency medicine. <laughs> uh, my father was a surgeon, and when he retired in his 70s, he went into emergency room medicine, and he never for once thought that I would be a physician. <laughs> he didn't know what I was going to do, but that never crossed his mind because I wasn't a scientist. But anyway, but that, that makes your life very, uh, very rich, it sounds like, both of you, what you're doing. So let's talk a little bit about metals and the international metals business and markets. Uh, Sam, I think you told me that you deal both in scrap and new materials, is that correct?
2: Oh uh, Yes, we deal in uh, scrap where CHAT mainly handles it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also deal in new metal and yes, and that's the, it comes in a form of coils and sheets. Uh, that's base. It's called flat rolled stainless steel, basically. Mm-hmm. And we do all some long products like pipe and tubing, also, which are you know up to twenty to forty feet long.
1: Wow! And you must have a very diverse customer base, I would think. Or do you? Or I mean, do you focus on any particular industries, or is it very broad what you sell for?
2: Uh, we have uh, customers in different fields some of the people we sell to are wholesalers because uh, sometimes the quantity we sell is very small and we sell various items and sometimes it goes to different companies who might uh, further process these items and remake the metal and and use it in the local market
1: yeah yeah um- and no, in re-
2: in reference to scrap and what what uh, what they do, I can let chat, chat can answer that. So it's customer base is generally all scrap uh, scrap companies.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So in the scrap uh, field, we're you know we're buying all sorts of recyclable goods, uh, from motors to stainless steel to really anything uh, that we buy from mainly the U.S. and Canada markets, and uh, we're supplying these uh, items to the overseas markets and their customers are all over the world, actually for going from east, the far east to, you know, um, India everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, are, are there any difficult issues right now with sourcing material or is it still the same, you know, supply sources that you've been using? Has anything changed since the pandemic?
2: Since the pandemic, there have been ups and downs. Uh, some items, which I guess a lot of the U.S. factories are closed down, those have been hard to find. At the same time, there have been some old stocks sitting around that people want to get rid of as soon as possible. So, and In general, this has caused a lot of chaos and a lot of confusion on what the pricing should be. Uh, but in that, in that regards, it's been tough. Uh, the the I can't put my finger and say this item we're short on because it seems like it's a day to day process right now on what's available, what's not available, and
1: so it's more chaotic than it's been in a long time.
2: Is more chaotic than ever <laughs> uh, because uh, you know the customers overseas, many of them are shut down also. Uh, And to adjust to their needs and requirements and adjust to the US uh, 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 availability has been tough.
1: Sure. Uh, I assume that logistics are a huge problem right now. But I know that as, as far as export, I mean, aren't shipping lines, haven't they been cutting back uh, voyages and uh, I mean what, what's that situation as far as export shipping
3: as far as shipping in general uh, for the logistics aspect of it uh, it's definitely been a challenge uh, I'm always in contact with our logistics person who's also helped me and I've talked to customers and suppliers etc and the the containers are just not available as much now and when they are available it costs two three times as much as what you would expect so uh, it has been a struggle to get containers that you can move material out right away to fulfill contracts Um, that's a lot probably due to uh, just kind of worldwide stoppage of movement of material and so now people are trying to figure out where are the containers there's like Uh, containers empty going to different locations just kind of to get the movement back and forth so um, it's been a uh, it's been a struggle in that sense and that frankly can uh, your deal can be stopped sometimes may not be able to purchase certain items and and export them just because the freight may be too high or you're not able to get a container on on time that the supplier and the customer wants
1: oh that must be frustrating I mean it's I understand exactly what you're saying now. I mean, it seems counterintuitive that the price for freight is high because there's less freight and you think there would be incentives to, you know, you'd think there'd be price incentives to get more freight. But the issue is not the volume, I guess it's the logistics. It's that it's the inbound containers aren't where they need to be to carry the outbound metal products. Is that right? Am I describing that correctly?
2: Betsy, you have it right on it. Uh, the inbound containers are just not happening. You know, the, the inbound into the U.S. is way less than it was. And therefore, uh, the shipping lines to bring them back, is, is it's like a free move. Therefore, they raise the rates going back out.
1: Yeah, which you wouldn't think. That's not, you know, from the next viewpoint it's surprising but it, it makes sense as you've explained it so uh, boy that that sounds like a challenge so at least at least you uh, have a business and you're employed I guess that's the good news but it's sure it sure sounds challenging so um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, some of the markets that you're working with um, what are some of the most important markets uh, countries where uh you sell and and what's going on there
2: uh because we uh, we we just been uh, because we're from india i guess we have a lot of history going back and forth our customer base is i would say predominantly in india and in india we are selling uh to many different cities each city has its own appetite for different metals uh, in addition to that, I'll let Chad uh, tell us about some of the other countries we're dealing with. So we also deal with uh, a lot of Far East countries, like uh, with Taiwan.
3: We deal some with China, uh, Korea, and we also deal with Europe at times as well. Um, and the struggle's definitely been there as far as trying to do do deals because a lot of people are either their ports are locked down or there may be some other issues. So. Um, uh, the move is definitely a lot slower, and people are very cautious uh, to buy stuff because they they have to determine the transit times. Will their port open on time? Will there be funding? Can they recycle? Then they uh, circulate their their money to pay for the material as well when it reaches.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's a big issue. And um, let's talk about India for a minute. Uh, has the is the pandemic still at a? At its height in India, from what you can tell, or is the, or or is there less virus going around? What's the kind of the situation in India, from what you can tell?
2: Uh, India, India. What we have, we know about India is that India has very few cases compared to the rest of the other countries, and they have, I think, a hundred thousand cases or less right now. We don't know if that's a true number. In terms of the country, they have opened up a little bit this week. And we do see uh, our, our, the manufacturers starting to pick up pace a little bit. Oh, that's so that's good. a positive note. Uh, everything is starting to flow again, just like in the US. And that's exciting. We, yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, we, we booked new business with them today, yesterday. So that's another good sign. Uh, so we do see improvements all around, basically, as, as a whole. Uh, so yeah, it's a positive note for everyone.
1: Oh, that is so good to hear. I think everybody likes hearing that. Do you think that they did something special as far as isolating sick people that, that kept their you know virus count low? I'm just curious as to how they were able to manage or did it just not, or were people not traveling back and forth when this thing broke? What? Why do you think that?
2: That uh, I, I think it's too early to tell. I think that they, they may not be testing everybody and they do have building and neighborhood lockdowns they're doing mm. where if one person is infected in that area or building, you know, a lot of people live in high rise buildings in India, in the cities. Yeah. So they all lock down the whole building. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that, may, that may be very extreme. Uh, you don't want to be locked down for weeks two weeks at a time yeah but that seems to be controlling what's going on
1: i don't think you can i don't think there's anything too extreme right now because this is such a a scary illness you know right i agree i wouldn't criticize any country for being careful at this point uh that's just me but uh it's it's bigger than anything we've seen our lifetime. So. Right. Uh, so, you know, so we like to talk, tell stories about our experiences, our export and international trade experiences. And I've, I'd love to hear some of your stories from the past and and your stories going forward are gonna probably be completely different. But let's uh, let's go back in time just a few months ago or a few years ago and tell us some, some stories about your your uh, travel experiences and and your trade experiences uh, well
2: in I, I think that uh, we in this time you know with with the coronavirus going on we have this negative feeling about business but export in business has been it's it's a fun business if you like to meet new cultures new backgrounds new people uh, understand, you know how how business is done. It's it's been a positive experience as a whole, and you know, uh, as as you can imagine, we've been I've been to many different countries, and uh, it's 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 been it's kind of been fun. I would say.
1: <laughs> I like it too. That, I, yeah. I've always enjoyed it, and I think you hit upon some of the the things that make it interesting. Right, we can't
2: just look at this time frame right now and we have to look at it as a whole. And uh, of course, maybe there'll be less traveling in the future, but uh, the opportunity you get to meet somebody and have a face-to-face meeting, there isn't, you can't put a value on that, you know. Uh, the, that's more valuable than anything. Yeah, uh, uh, I
1: just want to say, Chate has to leave, but we want to thank you, Chate, so much for joining us. I really appreciate yeah. And Sam's going to stay. We're going to talk a little bit about stories now. So uh,
3: <laughs> no problem. So
1: yes, yeah, well,
3: uh, so- I appreciate you uh, having me on the uh, on the call. Uh, but uh, Sam will uh, take over. I have to step away. Thank you. Of
1: course. Yes. Thank you. Nice meeting you. So anyway, so uh, Sam, where do you want to start first as far as uh, some stories that you want to? Uh-
2: i can talk about just getting an opportunity to go to to china and the asian countries because that those are the farthest ways it takes a long time to get there yes
1: it's exhausting to get there right? you and i were yeah. talking the other day about uh your yeah it takes a little time to recover and but you you know you don't have much time when you're on a business trip to to uh relax and get into the time zone and you just have to, you just have to
2: do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And uh, you know, I last, I would say last uh, one year or so I've been overseas many times and most of the time I've got there, uh, got my work done and left the same day if I have to, or the next morning. I mean, I've been, I love to get, come back home at the same time. <laughs>
1: Sure, sure. We, oh so, wow. so yeah,
2: so I I was the, the, the latest trip I had made was in December, uh, a big international. I went to India, mm-hmm. I went to, uh, Thailand, Vietnam, and, uh, came back within a week. Gosh, uh,
1: when, when was it, what time of year was
2: that? Uh, this was just, uh, December, I think 15th to the 24th, right, that, uh, time you know right before the holidays.
1: And did you have a feeling that something major was <laughs> happening or, or did it not, uh, people not I, realize?
2: No back then there was no worries no masks I mean I was on a flight with people right next to each other I mean it was no one knew that this was going to happen right we yeah. had some idea in China this was going on yeah. uh, but no idea whatsoever. I'm glad I took that trip because I, I could not make the March trip that I was supposed to be on.
1: Right, right. So you, did you see a lot of customers on that trip? Yes,
2: I did. I saw I saw at least t- uh, seven to eight customers. And as you know, when you go overseas to meet people, you, you try to spend at least a couple of hours with them, have a meal with them, uh, understand their culture a little bit, uh, what they're thinking. You know, it's very different. Uh, sitting here at my desk and, uh, you know, calling them and discussing it because uh, there's a lot of thoughts that are lost in translation just having a conversation, you know, just to see, understand what they really mean by something.
1: Yes, absolutely. Do, uh, do most of your customers speak English or do you usually use, need a translator in your meetings?
2: Uh, majority of them do speak English. If not, they speak little English. Uh, so major, a lot of them, some prefer to doing text messages instead of having a phone conversation, but it's really good to meet them to understand what they really are thinking. And you can figure it out if you, if you hear them talk a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, but it seems like uh, English has, has, everybody is aware of English as being the, the language in terms of the business overseas versus USA, I guess, whenever they do work with the U.S.,
1: that's true, that's true. Well, um, so have you thought about some, any particular stories that you wanted to talk about? I know you...
2: I mean, I, I can uh, tell you uh, some of the interesting places I've been.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I
2: was in, many years back, I was in Korea. And I just had some free time and uh, the customer took me to the uh, border between South and North Korea, which is really interesting. It's called a demilitarized demil- zone.
1: Right.
2: So that's something that, you know, no one would get to really do unless you're there at that time.
1: How close did you get to the...
2: North Korea, I... I I was less than, uh, the demilitarized zone has like that, uh, it's like less than a mile apart, I believe.
1: And in some
2: places you can see across the river.
1: There's a river in between, I didn't realize. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah, in parts of it there is. That
1: separates north and south, there's a river that separates north and
2: south. Yes, Yep. Yep. And then there's a demilitarized zone, but the most interesting part was when you leave uh, Korea, and you can see all the lights on one side, and there's no lights on the other side. And you know that's North Korea. So that was yeah. interesting. In that, and, you know, you hear about this, you see it on, you know, on on the internet. Yeah. But to see it up front was really interesting.
1: Wow. So, how developed is the land uh, around the DMZ on the uh, South Korean side? Is there? Because I've never, I've been to South Korea, but I've never been. Where you're talking about, is there, is it urban or is it very, or is it forest? What, what is it?
2: Uh, it's, it's more like a, a suburban kind of area. It's, it's a rural getting there. But when you get there, they have, uh, I when I had gone, I saw rides, kids rides and everything. It, w- it was almost like a tourist attraction.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Starbucks?
2: So, <laughs> uh, they had a coffee shop and if oh, no, it was Starbucks, but. I do know. It, I was. It was really interesting, and uh, you know, that's something that I I got an opportunity to do. So that was really really good. So, yeah. yeah, that was a fun trip. Fun trip meaning it was tiring, but I I you appreciate the fact that you there's things out there that you know we have in America that a lot of people don't have that freedom.
1: Absolutely, your customer is that someone who is able to. Travel to North Korea or that he?
2: He's... Oh no, they even said that we will never, we, we do not go to North Korea. We, we yeah. stay in, in, of course, Seoul, I guess. And they, they are also, they do not travel that far. It so said it's just not possible.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Wow. Uh, did you like the kimchi?
2: <laughs> yes, kimchi is awesome.
1: It's a little, a little spicy for me, but I know people that love kimchi. So,
2: yeah right.
1: Well that's interesting. what, any, what else? What are uh,
2: I, I, I had gone to uh, so I, I'm, I'm part of many trade organizations. That's what I want to, one of the things I want to bring out to you is that being part of trade organizations and you know it gives you a good good opportunity to network with people and you get to travel to different places. The, one of the places I ended up ended up in was in, uh, I think this was like five years back, I ended up in Italy, near Vatican City. And, you know, oh, I never thought that, you know, I would be ever uh, sitting in a mass with the Pope. So that was really interesting. That was another uh, one of my highlights of my traveling life.
1: Wow, that had to so, be really neat Yeah. For whoever, right. no matter who you are, that has to whoever be. Whoever you are,
2: it's, it's really interesting to be in that in Vatican City and being able to do it, you know. And uh, uh, that was just a last minute thing that they happened. A uh, the group of people going, I, I said, I'm coming along. <laughs> I, was, I was probably one of the only ones with a suit on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so was that a metals trading organization? Yes,
2: it was a uh, metals trading uh, conference. They do it every year. Mm-hmm. uh and they go to different parts of the world
1: so when when was or is supposed to be this year's conference
2: this year's conference was cancelled yeah uh, but i believe it was supposed to be in uh turkey or in e- europe somewhere
1: oh wow well i hope next year um, yes yes, I hope yes everybody yes. will be uh, moving around it may be next next summer but i'm hoping they had
2: it in america one time in miami at the at the fountain blue oh nice uh, in miami that was with that that hotel is pretty popular and i can tell you a quick story about that
1: yes we were
2: we were in a room you know in the lobby of the hotel the lobby is very big you know it's a high-end it's a nice place to be and uh, you had a ton of foreigners from all over the world, you know, China, India, Europe. And my bro- chat was also with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, funny part is that Floyd Mayweather walked through the crowd with two bodyguards behind him, and no one recognized him except for chat. <laughs> this
1: is the boxer, right? Am I right? Yeah, the
2: boxer, yes.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: That was the poor. For me, I was stunned to see him because, you know, we know him, but I, I guess the rest of the world did not know who he was. So that was very interesting that yeah. in, in, in America that they didn't recognize him. I think he was also surprised, probably.
1: Oh, well, isn't that something where you don't expect, I've seen people in airports, you know, when I've traveled overseas that, uh, you know, they and they want to be incognito, some of them, but... Uh, he just run into people. It's, it's
2: right. and because it was filled with foreigners, I mean <laughs> I guess they didn't recognize him. <laughs>
1: oh wow. That's a beautiful hotel. I haven't been there a long time, but I remember Yeah, it. It's a really, really
2: nice place.
1: Uh, so, yeah.
2: so that's one of the joys of, of becoming into, into, in this business. but yes. you know it, it's, become, it, it's definitely been tough because you do get calls at night all the time you know, emails, people want replies quickly on anything, you know, from uh, documentation to uh, shipment timings and pricing and and it's a constant uh, full day work, basically.
1: Wow. Do your customers normally take the weekends off? I mean, when do you, when do I'll you I'll tell have... you, uh,
2: the rest of the world is different, you know, in, 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 uh, in the Middle East, they work on Sundays, I believe
1: right
2: and in India they work on Saturdays so uh, we're off Saturday and Sunday <laughs> so that's good uh, you, you still need to reply to them because then you are a couple of days behind them
1: right right yeah that that's uh that's you're like uh you're like a doctor you're on call all the time on call.
2: yeah yeah right
1: yeah. But, but it's
2: exciting to talk to different people over the world, you know, uh, from, I, I've met people from all over, you know, I also traveled uh, to uh, Russia, South America, you know, this very interesting how people live and how, how they behave, you know, and, and I can tell you that in general, I think people are pro work, they like to do work, they they try their best. Uh and uh, you know it's been a good experience as a whole
1: that's great and how long have you been uh, in this position i've
2: been uh i've been doing this uh since 2000
1: oh wow still
2: i'm still learning
1: yeah boy 2000 doesn't sound that long ago but that's 20 years 20
2: years ago yeah yeah yeah
1: you must have some great friends that you made over that time and all these places
2: and yes yes Uh, and as you know with uh, with the import export business sometimes those countries might put duties on products so you can't really do work with them anymore right but still uh, I have you know good contacts in in Hong Kong I have a really good customer you know who would come to my home basically so uh, it's it's very interesting that sense
1: yeah so well that's so great it's it's interesting to learn about your business i'll put a link to your company on our website when we post this episode and people can take a look is there anything else you want us to know about your company and you and or or your trade organization anything that you want to
2: oh i think in general uh the export business is 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 for people who like to spend time working or, you know, who enjoy the work. I think that's one of the big keys that if anybody was to say, is this this worth to do or is it not worth to do? And it's worth it if you like it, you know? And and liking is to like the product, like the people, like the cultures you deal with. And of course, there'll always be some headaches to deal with, you know? Right. But that's that's part of the, the work, you know?
1: I mean it would be so boring if it went so if it just went smoothly i guess it, it would be boring and it's never everybody would do it then right yeah, it's never boring so well it's been just wonderful talking to you today sam i'm so grateful no for you to spend some time it's nice to finally meet you we spoke over the phone a few times so it's a real pleasure to speak with you and thank you so much for sharing your stories today I just want to say to our listeners, uh, we'd love to get a conversation going about this episode and and even more general discussions about exporting. You know, this is a really interesting time in in all of our business lives. And yeah, I think it's just important for all of us to connect and help each other and and share things that we're going through. So uh, come to our, uh, website exportstoriespodcast.com and we're also on Twitter. So uh, I'll be happy to post your comments or questions. But uh, so anyway, Sam, thank you again. And uh, it's great speaking with you. And thanks to well, our listeners.
2: Thank you, Betsy.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to Export Stories. Perhaps you have a good export story that you would like to share with us or a comment about today's podcast. You can send your ideas and comments to our website at exportstoriespodcast.com or to Betsy Olam on LinkedIn. Subscribe to our newsletter at exportstoriespodcast.com so we can alert you of upcoming episodes and share resources with you. We're building a community of export storytellers, so please share this podcast with your friends who have interest in exporting.